Thanks for checking out Church on the Rock's message this week. We would love to help you take your next step in knowing God better. The best way to do that is visit cotr.org slash next steps. Or if you're not near our physical campus, visit our online community at cotr.org slash online. Enjoy the message and know that God is for you. Open your Bible with me to John chapter 3. Pastor Kim quoted it in her prayer time, John 3, verse 16. It's Easter Sunday. It's Resurrection Sunday. And uh, we're thankful. We're rejoicing. We give God praise. Amen. And I'm starting a new series. It's kind of apropos, I think, on the love of God. The love of God. Didn't you love the story of our family where they talked about how God had blessed them spiritually, physically, financially? But also, I, I, I caught when they said Church on the Rock is a non-judgmental church. Did you catch that? And you know, we've said it for years, about 40, about 40 years, that we're a no-condemnation zone. A no-condemnation zone. And I want to talk to you for the next several weeks in April on the love of God. And what greater expression of the love of God than Easter, Resurrection Weekend. For God so loved, he gave his only begotten son, right? So as we go through the scripture today, and those of you that know me, know know us, I'm a pastor teacher. Uh, I'm not gonna try to entertain you. I can't, but I'm gonna inform you. I'm gonna give you the word of God. We're going to give lots of scriptures. We do that here at Church on the Rock. We build our life on the rock, and the rock is the word, the word of God. So what does the word say? So here's what I want you to do. Let the word, the Bible, scriptures talk to you today. You know, a lot of people will say, I just wish I could hear God. Well, open up your Bible and begin to read it, and you'll hear God talk through your voice. Because God's word is God's voice. The Bible is God's voice. If you need God to talk to you, read your one. You thought I forgot. Oh, I did it. I read it this morning. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands. It's Easter Sunday, but I read it this morning. Deuteronomy, Old Testament, Luke, New Testament, a psalm and a proverb. And I love the proverb because that proverb today told me how to overcome worry. Oh, I had a right now word this morning from God with my one-year Bible. Everybody at Church on the Rock is reading their one-year Bible together. And if you miss it, just pick it back up. No condemnation. We're not perfect, but we're pursuing. But this morning when I read it, it told me how to overcome worry from the book of Proverbs. And boy, people are more worried today than any other time I've ever known in my lifetime. And God has the answer. Okay? So, so one-year Bible. So when we read the Bible today, let the Bible talk to you. There's no way I could do justice to the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus in 40 minutes. There's no way. But I'm going to give you some highlights, what I think God wants us to talk about today. But the bottom line For yesterday, Friday, we gave you at-home resources for you to do stuff with your family on Resurrection Weekend. Yesterday, we had the big thing going on here all day long. And today, we have these two services and then our Spanish service at 2 o'clock. My goal for this whole weekend, my goal for this service 
is two things. Here's my goal. Number one, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I want you to have one before you leave here today. That, that's my goal. My goal is if you don't know God, I want to present him to you so you want to receive God today. And then number two, uh, my second goal of me being here today after 40 years is to make sure you spend eternity with God. Amen. Eternity with God. Those are my two goals. Real simple, aren't they? That you would know God and that you would spend eternity with God. That's my goal today. You ready? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He had one. He wanted a family, so he sowed a seed. He wanted a family, so he sowed a son. He had to sow his son to replace what Adam did in the garden. One man blew it. Only one man could restore it. But it would take a perfect man to restore it. That's why Jesus came. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever, and we are whoever's here today, believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He gave his son death, burial, burial, death, and resurrection, okay? All of that, he gave that out of his love. He wanted a family. Okay, guys, next slide. Romans 5, verse 8. But God showed his great love, but God showed, we're in a series called The Love of God, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. You know, a lot of times the devil will come to you and tell you God doesn't love you as a Christian because we blow it. But listen, God loved us before we became Christians. Right? While we were yet sinners, God loved us, right? But God showed us the love of God, but God showed us his great love by sending Christ to die for us. Everyone say, die for us. Die for us. Now watch this. He, he came, you know, a couple of thousand years ago, Jesus, Christmas, as Emmanuel, God with us. Okay? Then he came the second time for us, God for us. Kind of sounds kind of familiar in here, right? God for you, God for us. And so it was God with us, and then it was God for us, and then it was God gave up his life to save us. God with us, Emmanuel, God for us, and that's our motto at Church on the Rock. God for us, and then God gave up his life to save us. Talk about the love of God. That's what Resurrection Weekend is all about. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Next slide, guys. Verse 9. And since by his blood, and we sang about the blood today, didn't we? Boy, that was awesome. He did all this for us. God for us. God is for you. And since by his blood he did all this for us as sinners, how much more will he do for us now that he's declared us not guilty? You see, we should live differently because of the resurrection. The resurrection should cause us to live differently, right? So he did all of this for us. Now that he's declared us not guilty, how much more will he do? Now he will save us from all God's wrath to come. 
Next slide, guys. Verse 10. And since when we were his enemies, we were brought back to God by Easter or resurrection weekend, death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, we were brought back to God. So you see where my number one goal is here today? Is that no one leaves here without God. No one leaves here without God. That, that since we were his enemies, we were brought back to God by the death of his son. What blessings. Ooh, shazam. What blessings he must have for us now. The resurrection and when we receive Jesus Christ into our life, what follows? A blessed life. An abundant life. Not an easy life. Not an easy life, but a blessed life, right? So since when we were his enemies, I love this Romans 5, 8, 9, and 10 in the Living Bible. It says it so clear. And since when we were his enemies, we were brought back to God by the crucifixion and the resurrection of his son. What blessings he must have for us now that we are his friends and he is living within us. He is living within us. Oh, God with us, God for us. God gave up his life to save us so he could adopt us and bless us and be in his family. And so that we could live with him throughout eternity. My two goals today of this whole weekend cost thousands, mega thousands of dollars for Friday, Saturday, and today. Our whole goal, man, man hours, all the people, everything is gone. Our, my whole two goal is this, two things, that you wouldn't leave here without knowing the love of God, that you would know God, that God's with you, for you, loves you, gave up his life to save you and me so he could bless you and me, so he could adopt us in his family, so we could live throughout eternity with him. Come on, let's don't panic it. Can we thank him today? Oh. Next slide, guys. Next slide. Verse 11. Now we rejoice. So see, we should live differently if we know what the resurrection is and what it's done for us and provided for us, saved us, blessed us, so we can live differently, rejoicing. So now we can rejoice in 2023 with the mess that's going on out there in the world. Resurrection, if we really believe it and accept it, we should live differently than the world. Amen. Live differently. Now, we rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God, all because of the cross, the empty tomb, and the resurrected Son of God, all because of what our Lord Jesus Christ has done for us in dying for our sin making us friends of God. Boy, if you let that 8, 9, 10, 11 verse minister to you today, it should change your life already. It should give you purpose, power, a future, a hope, expectation, change your attitude to rejoicing. Wow, when you got peace with God, when you have a relationship with God, when you know God, when you've made Jesus the Lord of your life, you live with hope, you live with expectation, you live without limitations, because with God, all things are possible. You live with a future, you live with a hope, you live with a joy, you live with a purpose, you live with a power. 
Oh, really, Pastor? The Bible says the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells and lives within you and me today. Now, you, you may not realize this or not, but, but when the disciples walked with Jesus, when the disciples walked with Jesus, before the death, burial, and crucifixion, when they walked with him, you are closer to him than they were then. I wish I could just see Jesus. But before, before, before the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, see, nobody was saved. Nobody could be born again. Nobody could have the Holy Spirit on the inside of them. Nobody in the Old Testament is as close to God as you are because they didn't have the Holy Spirit on the inside of them. They had the Holy Spirit come upon them. But you as a believer have the Holy Spirit living within you. Power. Can we, can we, can we go on? I, I like this. Matthew 28. So, so let's, read, let's read the story briefly uh, of Matthew 28, verse 1. In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn, Toward the first day of the week came Mary Magdalene and other Mary to see the sepulcher. Okay? Verse 2. Verse 2. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended. Now, angels, when, when he was born, didn't angels let the world know he was born at Christmas? And look, they're here right now to let people know of his resurrection. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. Now, this wasn't a little pebble like the Flintstones. This was a huge, this was huge, okay? Took several men to, to move it. But this angel moved the stone from the door and sat upon it, verse 3. His countenance was like lightning, his raiment white as snow, verse 4. And for the fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men, the soldiers there that were to guard the tomb. Verse 5. And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not, ye, for I know that you seek Jesus, who was crucified. And you know, history proves he was crucified. History. History. History proves he was crucified. Do you know, historians of that day, Josephus, historians, proves he was crucified, okay? Which was crucified. Verse six, he's not here, for he is risen, just like he said. He, he fulfilled over a hundred prophecies, fulfilled over a hundred prophecies. He said, he's not here, he is risen, as he said, come see the place where the Lord lay, verse seven. And go quickly and tell the disciples, notice that when they wanted to spread the gospel, they used women, They could communicate better than us guys, right? Now, now, here's what John Osteen used to say. Here's what John Osteen used to say. You know, if you need to tell something, get it spread really quick. Not a telegraph, not a telephone. Tell a woman. John Osteen said that. I did not say that. And go quickly and tell the disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There ye shall see him, just like I told you. He appeared after the resurrection. He appeared to single people. He appeared to the disciples. At one time to over 500, documented over 500 people at one time. 
Think about this. You know, somebody says, I don't believe in the resurrection. You know, his own family, his brother James wasn't a follower of him until after the resurrection. James, the half-brother of Jesus, the book of James, he didn't believe that Jesus was the Messiah. You know, he was his half-brother. They grew up together. Uh, but, but after the resurrection, James became a believer and a pastor, and eventually, the book of James in the Bible, and eventually he was stoned to death. You don't get stoned to death and give your life for something that's a fake. And go quickly and tell the disciples, he's risen from the dead. Behold, he go before you, and there you will see him just like he told you, verse 8. And they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy. And they did run to bring the disciples the word. Verse 9. And as they went to tell the disciples, behold, Jesus met them. Look who he appeared to first. The women. Jesus met them saying, oh, hail. And they came and they held him by the feet and they worshiped him. Verse 10. And then said Jesus, be not afraid. Go tell my brethren that they go into Galilee and there they will see me. Verse 11, now when they were going, behold, some of them watched, came into the city and showed unto the chief priests all the things that were done. Next. And when they were assembled with the elders and had taken counsel, they gave large money unto the soldiers. Now they're paying off the soldiers. Okay. Next verse. Next verse. Saying, say ye, his disciples came at night and stole him while he slept. See their uh, hidden agenda. They're, they're making up for it. They don't know what to do about it. All right. And so they want to keep everybody quiet and say, the disciples came and stole him and took him. Verse 14. And it came to the governor's ears, we will persuade him and secure you. Next. Verse 15. So they took the money, did as they were taught, and this saying is commonly reported among the Jews until this day. Verse 16. Verse, that's okay, cool, guys. John eleven twenty five. 25. Let's jump to this now. What did Jesus say? Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. And he or she that believeth in me, though they were dead, you will live also. Now, uh, if you're a note taker, I want you to write this down. The most important doctrine of Christianity, the most important doctrine of Christianity is the doctrine of resurrection. That's the most important doctrine. What's doctrine mean? Teaching. The most important doctrine in the Bible is the resurrection. You say, Pastor, where do you get that? The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 said, if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, we have no hope and it's futile being a Christian. Right? This is our hope as a Christian. See, if he didn't rise from the dead, you and I won't rise from the dead. Right? If he didn't have life thereafter, you and I won't have life thereafter. So because he uh, was resurrected, you and I will be resurrected. Because he lives, you and I will live throughout eternity with him. He said, I am the resurrection. The most important doctrine in the Bible is the doctrine of the resurrection. Everybody with me? I am the resurrection and I am the life. And those that believe in me, doesn't matter what color your skin is, your economic status, your education, what part of town you grew up in. He says, if you're a believer, that's all that matters. Those that believe in me, though you were dead, yet you will live. Next slide. Hebrews 6, 
verse 1 and 2. Hebrews 6, verse 1 and 2. Many believe Paul wrote this book. Therefore, leaving the basic principles of the doctrine of Christ. Doctrine means teaching. Leaving the, the basic principles of doctrine. Let us go on to maturity. Maturity. Let us grow up. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from the dead works and of faith towards God. Verse 2. Verse 2. Of the doctrine of baptisms. Y'all know there's different baptisms, right? There's water baptism. There, there is baptism of the Holy Spirit. There's the baptism of the new birth. There's different baptism. These are basic doctrines. And the laying on of hands. We do that every service at the end of the service, anointing with oil, laying on of hands. It's a basic doctrine. We need to know about it. And look at this, listed here in doctrines. And the resurrection of the dead. The doctrine of resurrection. And the resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. So notice that that resurrection is not only a theme, but a doctrine. And not only a doctrine, but one of the major doctrines in the Bible, the doctrine of resurrection. Because if he wasn't resurrected, you and I won't be either. But because he was, there are three more resurrections. Two resurrections for Christians, godly people. One resurrection for ungodly people, sinners. Three more resurrections. Two for Christians, one for non-Christians, all right? So here we are on Easter Sunday morning celebrating the resurrection of our Lord and Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. So next slide, guys. Next slide. John 5, 29. And they will rise again. They will rise again. Those who have done good will rise to experience what? I can't hear you. Okay. So remember, my goal today because there's a church on every corner. But my goal at Church on the Rock, as the founding pastor for 40 years, is that no one leaves here without knowing Jesus today. Secondly, that no one leaves here today without spending eternity with him. That's our goals here at Church on the Rock today. Those who have done good will rise to experience what? Eternal life. Doesn't everybody have eternal life? No. You have eternal life or eternal damnation. Eternal life is heaven. Eternal damnation is hell. Those who have done good will rise to experience eternal life. And those who have continued in evil will rise to experience judgment. Two resurrections, okay? But there's actually three. There's two for believers and one for non-believer. If you're a note taker, the two for believers, the first one is the rapture of the catching away of the church. If you are alive at the time of the rapture, at the rapture, you will get a new body in the twinkling of an eye, right? In the twinkling of an eye. Here's the reference. We're not going to read it, guys, because we don't have time. But if you're a note taker, write it down. The rapture, those who are that generation that's alive at the rapture, which I believe we will be that generation, uh, that will rise to meet him in the air in the twinkling of an eye, and you get a glorified, resurrected body, a brand new body, resurrection. Then there's a second resurrection. There's a second resurrection for, for Christians at the end of the tribulation. At the end of the tribulation. And here it is, Revelation 20, verse 4 and 5. 
Revelation 20, verse 4 and 5. At the end of the tribulation, those who are martyred for their faith, they'll get a resurrected body. It's listed here in Revelation 20. This is resurrection weekend. The most important doctrine in the Bible is the doctrine of resurrection. Because he lives, we have hope, we will live. Hallelujah. Because he loved us so much, while we were yet sinners, he died for us. So that what? We could be adopted in his family. So what? So we could have the blessings of the Lord upon our life. So we could live differently, rejoicing. Life is tough, but you can count it all joy, knowing how it's going to turn out if you've turned your life over to God. Come on, can we have a praise break? Next slide, guys. Next slide. Okay, let's go through the scriptures real quick. Just keep going, guys. Keep going. Okay. Okay, let's go back to that real quick. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection, Revelation 20, verse 5. This is at the end of the millennium. Thousand years means a millennium. Am I right? So at the end of the millennium, there's another resurrection, but that's for sinners, ungodly people. So there are three more resurrections after the resurrection of Christ that we're celebrating today. Two for believers, rapture, at the rapture, and then at the end of the tribulation. One is waiting resurrection for sinners at the end of the thousand-year reign millennium. Christians go to eternal life. Non-Christians go to eternal judgment. Let's continue, guys. Let's go on. Next slide. Okay. For the ungodly. Next the end of the millennium, there you have it, Revelation 20, 12 through 15, more scripture on that. Keep moving, guys. Keep moving through the scriptures. We'll just have the text for everybody. Keep going. Okay, doctrine of the resurrection gives us. Let, let me give you some things as, as we get ready to close. The doctrine of the resurrection, celebrating the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, Easter weekend, what is it all about? When we believe it and receive the work and the suffering Christ did for us, it should change our life. I'll say it again. When we believe in the suffering and the crucifixion, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and accept it, it should change our life. Okay? Next slide, guys. Quality of life. It should change the quality of your life. John 10.10. Can we read it on the screen? The thief comes in order to steal, kill, and destroy. Who's that? The devil. Jesus said, I came. God with us. God for us. God gave up his life to save us. So he could adopt us into his family. So that we could be resurrected with him and live with him throughout eternity. Okay? The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Anything bad in your life is the devil. Anything good in your life is God. I came that you might have, and look at this, enjoy life. So when you believe in the resurrection and what Jesus has done for us out of his love for us, for God so loved the world, it should change your quality of life. You should have an abundance to the full till it overflows. Next slide, guys. You should live with hope. It should affect the way you live. You shouldn't live in the mulligrubs, being depressed, down, anxious, fretting, fearful, can't sleep, insomnia, drugs, alcohol, addictive things that are destroying your life just to make it through. That's not God's will for you and me. We should live with hope. 1 Peter 1.3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
who according to his abundant mercy, what is his mercy? His love. Talking about the love of God. Has begotten us again unto a what? Lively hope by the of Jesus Christ from the dead. So if I believe in the resurrection, if I believe that he lives, it should change the quality of my life. I should live an abundant, prosperous, blessed, to the full, overflow mentality, not barely get by, not struggle through life, not be defeated. Number two, I should live with a hope. I should live with an expectation. I should live with a future in mind. I love that. Next, guys, as a team comes out, I should live with power. I should live with power. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you and me, the Holy Spirit. We have power to overcome the difficulties of life. We have power to face hardship and walk through it and come out on the other side better, bigger, blester. Excuse my English, amen? Live with power. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 10. Let's look at it. Oh, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering, being made conformable unto his death. So, so what, what, what we should do? When we accept Jesus Christ and the work that he did for us, God with us, Emmanuel, Christmas, God for us, at the cross. God gave up his life to save us so that we could be forgiven and accepted and have family and know him and know his love and how much he loves us and how much he cares for you and how much he believes in you. When you know the love of God and he couldn't have demonstrated it more than through the death, burial, and resurrection of his son, Jesus Christ. When you understand how much God loves you, then you'll live a life that's not limited. You won't allow people to limit you. You won't allow people to limit you because of the color of your skin or your background or your education or lack of it or your economics or lack of it or, or the tragedies you've gone through, the hurt and the heartache. People can be mean and cruel and put a lid on your life and limit your life and tell you you'll never make it. You'll never amount to anything. So many people live their life unloved, uncared for feel like no one cares. No one believes. We're here to tell you this whole weekend, God is for you. God loves you. What is your next step in your faith? Well, here at Church on the Rock, we would love to help you. Maybe it's to learn more about discovering what it means to belong to a church family, being part of a small group, or using your God-given gifts to serve others. Head over to cotr.org slash next steps where you can find out more to all of these. Or if you're a part of our online community, visit us at cotr.org slash online. Have a great week and don't forget that God is for you.